This episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast is presented by Sling. Using Sling, you can watch the final matches of the Premier League and League 1 seasons, and in addition to that, you can watch the Copa Libertadores, this summer's Women's World Cup, and much, much more. That is all available on Sling. Rob Phillips is the voice of Welsh soccer, often commentating games for BBC Radio Wales of Swansea and Cardiff City, and notably recently, Wrexham, and today I have the honour of talking to Rob Phillips about Wrexham and their promotion back into the English Football League. Rob, yesterday you were at the Wrexham Open Top Parade to celebrate promotion back into League Two. Just tell me about that whole experience being there and seeing the entire community of Wrexham come together to uh, celebrate the club. It was almost like a Premier League celebration. It was it 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 was reminiscent of that. There was a helicopter in the air taking shots. There were open top buses with the Wrexham first team on, and the women's team who also got promoted. They had Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney on their bus, and I thought that said something about Ryan Reynolds and Rob that you know they they weren't taking the glory of the the first team. They weren't on the first bus, they were on the second. Then there were people at the grounds were on a third bus. And I think the uh, the two-mile sort of uh, route was supposed to take them around about an hour and a quarter. Well, if I tell you, it started at quarter past six. And I gather, because they had to change route, apparently, hmm. that it finished around nine o'clock. The estimate was fifteen to 20,000 people on the streets of Wrexham. Carnival atmosphere. Uh, I was perched in a front garden on a on a uh, a sort of elevated table, so that uh, I was on TV last night as well as radio, and you know we had a we had a brilliant view, but it was just sensational. The whole community did come together to celebrate fifteen years of you know being out of the league for fifteen years. It meant so much, but of course. It's more than just Wrexham. It's more than just North Wales. It's more than just Wales. It's a global interest now in this uh, in this football club. You talk about how it's a global interest in this club, and that's so true, especially here in the United States. We, we do a lot of coverage on Wrexham. Perhaps some people might say a little too much, but it is one of the major stories in the world of the sport right now. But a lot of it, at least watching the documentary that uh, Rob and Ryan have put together, is based around this community of Wrexham. And since you were there and you say there's 15 to 20,000 people at this parade, what can you tell people here in the United States that really only get the taste of the community through the show? What can you tell them about the community of Wrexham, of North Wales, of maybe Wales in general, like you just mentioned? Yeah, it's um, it's a city now. It's, uh, I would say, a working-class city. Um, there are nice areas around us, not the denigrate Wrexham one little bit but it's a community that has has had hard times uh and it's almost reflected in the in the adventures of their football club you know they're a club with history uh it's a community with history and they've just right on Rob have galvanized that community they bought into it I mean they they must feel so lucky that you know, when they were looking for a club to take over and to base this documentary around, they looked at other clubs. They looked at Port Vale, apparently, and Hartlepool in England. But they picked on Wrexham, and I, I don't think they could have come up with a, a better place. And if you've seen the documentary, you you know it's more than just the football club that they are interested in. 
And I'll tell you a little story. The the women's uh, manager, she, she operates the women's team. Um, I spoke to her a couple of days after the takeover went through. And uh, Gemma Owen, who, who's now really famous at the club, partly because of Welcome to Wrexham as well. She said it's not just the fact that they've taken over the club. They've put money in to buy players and to sign better players than that league has seen before. It's, she said, they put £50,000 already into the community side of the club, into participation, into the disability side, into women's football. And they've seen uh, progress as well. And so it really is buzzing, but it's more than just the football club. You know, the, they, they have sort of identified with the community. They've brought a new pride to that community. When you talk about Rob and Ryan galvanizing the community, it's not the first time, even in Wales in particular, we've seen foreign owners come in and take over a team. I mean, the teams like Cardiff or Swansea have had owners take over, and obviously they're higher up in in the pyramid, so it's hard to compare the two. But when you look at relative success between these clubs that have had foreign ownership, what have Rob and Ryan done differently in your eyes than the owners at Cardiff or Swansea have done in recent years to make the club stand out amongst the rest? That's a really good question. Well, with respect, the American owners at Swansea, who are part of a hedge fund, um, and Vincent Tan, the Malaysian uh, business tycoon who owns Cardiff, they don't have the same global appeal as right. one Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> you know, it makes a big difference when Deadpool walks into your club, let's be right. honest yeah. about it. <laughs> and, uh, and likewise with Rob McElhenney, famed in America for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Not a show that has particularly cut through in, in the United Kingdom, I would suggest, but I'm sure there are more people watching it now. So you can't get away from the fact, it was summed up to me by a former Wrexham captain and um, director, he was also Wales captain, a guy called Barry Horn. And he said that at the moment, the legends are not the players because they've had better players in their history, uh, you know, over the years than this group of players because they're effectively non-league moving into the Football League. But he said the legends are the owners. And, you know... the. The Hollywood stardust that they have sprinkled on Wrexham has meant that, you know, the turf where Wrexham was formed, the pub on the ground, they get busloads of, of tourists from across the pond. I was in a hotel last night and we waited for a table to be vacated by about six or eight people. And they were from Colorado. Uh, you know, they're only Wrexham fans because they've seen it on Welcome to Wrexham and because Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney are involved. So... You understand why there's a, a global traction now for Wrexham as opposed to Cardiff City and Swansea City. Can you remember a time where we've seen a kind of international following for a Welsh club like we're seeing for Wrexham right now, whether that be for clubs like Cardiff or Swansea when they were in the Premier League in, in the last five, ten years? It's really difficult to come across it. You know, Tal, I've been doing this job a long time. I've been 25 years on BBC and been a football correspondent of BBC Wells for most of those years. And I was reporting on uh, with news in newspapers. So I've covered Welsh football for about 40 years. And I've seen takeovers at clubs. And I've seen fan-owned takeovers. 
I am struggling, a cynical old hack like me, I am struggling to see so far any flaws in this takeover. It's almost so far the perfect takeover. They've boosted the club. They have given the club a new profile. I mean, who else gets TikTok on their shirts? <laughs> right. Um, you know, that's just one thing. They've lifted the local community. The Turf pub, which was just an ordinary downtown pub, is now has celebrity status. So they've boosted. They've boosted the economy. They've boosted the other parts of the club. And they've made the team a winning team. After 15 years of struggling outside the Football League, they were the longest-serving club in the conference or in the National League, as it is now. Nobody expected that when they went down in 2008. You know, they are a club with history. They are a club with European pedigree. They Porto in, in a European competition, those sort of things. But they're making new history now. And with these two in charge, you just don't know how far they can go. Rob, you already mentioned the fact that the, the turf is getting busloads of people. And I think I wrote a story recently where I said there's 60 to 70 people per day, not even when it's a, a, a bus parade, per day going to the turf just to experience it because they're seeing it uh, on the show. And I don't want to put you on the spot here, but I have been listening to more of your, your commentary at BBC Radio Wales when you're covering Wrexham. And I noticed that you often mention uh, North America because not only are there owners from North America, but there might be more people listening to the games. And I want to ask, do you mention North America because you know that maybe more uh, American or Canadian fans might be watching or listening to uh, the games via radio? Yeah, because um, for reasons I won't go into now, we can we can carry National League fixtures on BBC Sounds, which is available almost global, not mm -hmm. not in every country. And these things are, uh, are available wherever. And so, therefore, you know, we have become aware that uh, Wrexham is, is a global club now. Mm -hmm. And certainly in North America, as you say, you know, they're not American owners. There's a Canadian and an American. I imagine the distinction is much like <laughs> Wales and England. You know, we're not English. We're Welsh. Right. Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. Mm -hmm. He's not American. <laughs> uh, and so you have to be sensitive to those things. But it is clear that, you know, there are, as I said, every time you go to Wrexham, you bump into those with, how can I put it, North American accents, maybe right. Canadian, maybe American. And they are there because of the owners. So, Rob, looking at Wrexham, and not just next season, but years down the road, we've seen Rob and Ryan both say, hey, you never know. We could get Wrexham into the Premier League uh, five, eight, ten years down the road. That's a tall task to do. But specifically at next season, I'm going to ask you about their future, their long-term future in a second. But for next season, what kind of challenges does Wrexham face? Because we've seen uh, pundits and writers say, well, Wrexham's squad right now has League One caliber players. Look at Paul Mullen. He could play in League One. He has played in League One. What are their challenges on and off the field when you're going from the National League into League Two, which is a whole different ballgame? Well, eight clubs have gained consecutive promotions from the National League through League Two into League One. So they've been in the league, they've been in the National League, got promoted to League Two, and immediately that season went into League One. Tramley were the last team to do it. Stockport County won that league last season, the National League last season. They could do it this weekend. Mm -hmm. 
So it's not beyond the bounds. And you make a very good point. You know, some of the recruitment has been stellar for that league. Paul Mullen, the perfect example. The last time he played in League Two, he was promoted with Cambridge. He was the golden boot. He was the League Two top scorer. Ben Tozer, the big centre-half, key figure in Wrexham's story, was promoted with Cheltenham and decided to drop down. So they have League Two experience. They have proven operators at that level. They will also, you and I know, they will also add to their numbers in the summer. I think they need a bit of tweaking in midfield, if I'm honest. And it will be tougher. They will all, They will be the team that everybody thinks. They will be the team with the target on their back in League Two next season because of their profile, because of the owners. But they've coped with that for two years. They cope with that in, in the National League. Um, I remember going to Gateshead early in the season, around January, and they went top of the table because, you know, it's been a, a titanic tussle between them and Notts County right, yeah. in the National League. And I was interviewing Phil Parkinson, the manager, who is brilliant, who's so phlegmatic about all the, the surround sounds that he has to cope with. And I said, I was going to ask you what it'll be like to have a target on your back, now your leaders. But I said, you've had that since you walked in through the door. Mm -hmm. So they've coped with all that. It will be a step up. There is a difference between National League and League Two. I watch Newport County quite often. I know how good League Two can be. But they will be a force to be reckoned with. I've spoken to people in League Two. They already think Wrexham will be the team to beat next season. And so you wouldn't rule out them powering through with the momentum they've gained as well. You know, their average attendance is only beaten by one club in League Two. Wow. And that's Bradford City, who are a big club with Mark mm -hmm. Hughes, yeah. the uh, former Wales manager and player. And so and their, their average attendance is probably right up there with most League One clubs as well. So they have the capacity to develop. They could power through next season. It would be no surprise at all. I'd imagine when the League Two betting comes out, I'd imagine they'd be favourites to go straight up. And then looking to that bowling through and then into their, their long-term future, like I said, Rob and Ryan have ambition to get into the Premier League, and we've seen instances of clubs, uh, you know, relatively speaking, rapidly rise from the fifth tier to the, or almost to the Premier League. I think Wimbledon did it in the 1970s and 80s, and I mean, this season, Luton Town, they were playing in the National League at the beginning of the decade, and they could get promotion to the Premier League this season. Your outlook for Wrexham to accomplish that same feat, I mean, it's hard to predict what's going to happen next season, let alone in eight years, but... What are, what, are, what, are, what are the chances that they really could make that rapid push to get into the top flight? We've talked about very little else since they got promoted because <laughs> they say, you know, they put it out there. We want to get to the Premier League. What I would say is this. When you get into the Football League, there are financial fair play rules, but they generate so much income that that's unlikely to be a problem. In other words, you're only supposed to spend so much percentage of your income on wages. Mm -hmm. Well, their income is such that they probably don't have to worry about a wage ceiling like that. In League Two, if they go into League One, you probably fancy their chances in League One. You come to the Championship, and if you look at, say, Cardiff, Vincent Tanner's put in, what, 180 million? They've been in the Premier League twice since he took over mm -hmm. for one, uh, one season at a time. Swansea were there for seven seasons, so it can be done. What I would say is that when you're trying to get into the Premier League, 
And when you get to the Premier League, you're talking about clubs being backed by nation states. That is a far cry from Hollywood right. uh, glitterati backing a club. That said, they are, they are bright enough to know that they would be able to gain uh, investment from other sources because of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, They can open a lot of doors. Let's take Ryan Reynolds. I know we keep focusing on him, but let's be honest. He's the most famous part of the duo. Right. He could walk in anywhere. And people would know him. And if a bank manager or a, a board of a bank doesn't know him, their children will know who Ryan Reynolds is <laughs> and say, you've got to get involved with him. He's Deadpool. He's yeah. a superstar. So they are wise enough to know that they probably couldn't do it by themselves, but they would be well-placed to gain investment from elsewhere to really power on into maybe the Premier League. That could be a long way off, you know, in football, nothing's guaranteed. You can have all the money you want, and you can still go down. That's the beauty of promotion and relegation. You have one bad season, and you're almost back to square one. I don't see that that happening with Wrexham, but it's not. It it can happen. It can happen in football. There have been some big clubs not so long ago. Manchester City were in League One. Wolves dropped down into League One from the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Leeds United were in League One. You know they've all been there. There are some big clubs in League One. There are some very big clubs in the Championship. All with this, you know, they all want to get to the promised land of the Premier League. And once you're there, well, the riches start flowing. It'll be a, a it'll be a journey for them. But you wouldn't rule out Premier League being the final destination. And they're going to enjoy that journey. Wow, sure. they enjoy it. Rob, we've done all this talk about Wrexham. I mean, you're there. You know the general feeling of Wrexham in, in Wales as a, as a whole. I'm curious, do you think Cardiff and Swansea, these clubs that have this more recent successful history uh, in the English Football League, do you think they might get jealous of all this attention, all this all this talk of Wrexham's uh, growth and potential promotion? Do you think they might get jealous of all that talk about Wrexham? don't think Cardiff and Swansea would because they're in the championship. So they've got a few years' time, you know, when could Wrexham possibly get the championship in two years' time? Mm-hmm. Then they'd probably think about it. They've got aspirations to go above. Yeah. Certainly Swansea, Cardiff has struggled for a couple of years now, but, you know, they're in the championship. The ones who will feel it, I think, most uh, and where there's not so much... Um, sort of uh, joyousness over Wrexham is in Newport because they beat Wrexham 10 years ago this week to get into the Football League at Wembley. They've survived in the Football League. Uh, They've almost been promoted into League One, but it hasn't happened for them. They will know that next season Wrexham will be a force. And there's a bit of rivalry. It's a long distance between Wrexham in the north and Newport in the south, but there's that derby will be tasty next season. Let me tell you that. Do you think this that potential rivalry and just Wrexham's growth in general has done uh, a lot of good for the the Welsh football scene? I think it has. Yeah, I, I, I it was very interesting that um, I, I remember interviewing when Wales were trying to get to the World Cup. I remember interviewing the Austrian goalkeeper. They played them in the World Cup semi final playoff, who had a loan spell at Wrexham. Uh, years ago, he now plays for Watford, uh, Daniel Bachman. And he said, oh, Wrexham, my second team. 
he said, because I see what's happening there. Um, it will, and I think it will help. If you look at the Wales squad at the moment, uh, Nico Williams, the Nottingham Forest player, was part of the Wrexham Academy before going to Liverpool. Danny Ward, the goalkeeper at Leicester, was on Wrexham books, and then he was sold to Liverpool. Harry Wilson was Wrexham born, the Fulham player. But when I first started covering Wales, 30, 40 years ago, you had from North Wales, Ian Rush, Neville Southall, Kevin Ratcliffe, Barry Horn, Mark Hughes. They were the core of a really good Wales side. And so Neil Taylor, one of the uh, another Wales international, former Wrexham player, who went to the Euros with Wales in 2016, has been on Twitter just before the, the promotion game and, and since saying what, he, what he's really looking forward to is Wrexham becoming a, a centre for football in North Wales rather than players going across the border to Liverpool, Everton, Manchester City, Manchester United, which is only an hour away for them mm -hmm. from some parts of North Wales. And so it, it can only help Welsh football. There's a training centre up there, Colliers Park, and the FAW are taking an international to Wrexham uh, next season. Uh, only a friendly Gibraltar, but it's a sign. And I think they'll get more and more international, particularly when the race course is developed, which is another thing they're doing. So it can only help Welsh football to have a strong Wrexham, I think. Right, Rob. I think it's a perfect place to uh, end it. Fingers crossed it uh, it can have that positive impact for for Wales and and who knows maybe we'll see uh, we'll see Wrexham take on those clubs just across the border uh, in the Premier League in a few years down the road. You never know. Not never with this lot. Know. I mean, in Hollywood, you know how they write scripts. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of talk about Hollywood scripts with uh, Wrexham season this year for sure. Quite, quite. All right, Rob, really appreciate it. Um, good luck to Rexham and, and best of luck to you uh, later this year down the road. No worries, Kyle. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks, Rob.